Section 15 of Popular Lectures on Scientific Subjects. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Popular Lectures on Scientific Subjects by Hermann von Helmholtz. Chapter 5 On Thought in Medicine. Part 3. But do not think, gentlemen, that the struggle is at an end as long as there are people of such astounding conceit as to imagine that they can affect by a few clever strokes that which man can otherwise only hope to achieve by toilsome labour hypotheses will be started which propounded as dogmas at once promise to solve all riddles as long as there are people who believe implicitly in that which they wish to be true so long will the hypotheses of the former find credence both classes will certainly not die out, and to the latter the majority will always belong. There are two characteristics more particularly, which metaphysical systems have always possessed. In the first place, man is always desirous of feeling himself to be a being of a higher order, far beyond the standard of the rest of nature. This wish is satisfied by the spiritualists. On the other hand, he would like to believe that by his thought he was unrestrained lord of the world, and of course by his thinking with those conceptions, to the development of which he has attained, this is attempted to be satisfied by the materialists. But one who, like the physician, has actively to face natural forces which bring about weal or woe, is also under the obligation of seeking for a knowledge of the truth, and of the truth only, without considering whether what he finds is pleasant in one way or the other his aim is one which is firmly settled for him the success of facts is alone finally decisive he must endeavour to ascertain beforehand what will be the result of his attack if he pursues this or that course in order to acquire this foreknowledge of what is coming but of what has not been settled by observations no other method is possible than that of endeavouring to arrive at the laws of facts by observations and we can only learn them by induction by the careful selection collation and observation of those cases which fall under the law when we fancy that we have arrived at a law the business of deduction commences it is then our duty to develop the consequences of our law as completely as may be but in the first place only to apply them to the test of experience so far as they can be tested and then to decide by this test whether the law holds and to what extent this is a test which really never ceases. The true natural philosopher reflects, at each new phenomenon, whether the best-established laws of the best-known forces may not experience a change. It can, of course, only be a question of a change which does not contradict the whole store of our previously collected experiences. It never thus attains unconditional truth, but such a high degree of probability that it is practically equal to certainty the metaphysicians may amuse themselves at this we will take their mocking to heart when they are in a position to do better or even as well the old words of socrates the prime master of inductive definitions in reference to them are just as fresh as they were two thousand years ago Quote, they imagined they knew what they did not know and he at any rate had the advantage of pretending to know what he did not know End quote and again he was surprised at its not being clear to them that it is not possible for men to discover such things even those who most prided themselves on the speeches made on the matter 
did not agree among themselves but behaved to each other like madmen tos minomenos homoios socrates calls them tos miston phronontos schopenhauer calls himself a mont blanc by the side of a mole-heap when he compares himself with a natural philosopher the pupils admire these big words and try to imitate the master in speaking against the empty manufacture of hypotheses do not by any means suppose that i wish to diminish the real value of original thoughts the first discovery of a new law is the discovery of a similarity which has hitherto been concealed in the course of natural processes it is a manifestation of that which our forefathers in a serious sense described as wit it is of the same quality as the highest performances of artistic perception in the discovery of new types of expression it is something which cannot be forced and which cannot be acquired by any known method hence all those aspire after it who wish to pass as the favored children of genius it seems too so easy so free from trouble to get by sudden mental flashes an unattainable advantage over our contemporaries the true artist and the true inquirer knows that great works can only be produced by hard work the proof that the ideas formed do not merely scrape together superficial resemblances but are produced by a quick glance into the connection of the whole can only be acquired when these ideas are completely developed that is for a newly discovered natural law only by its agreement with facts this estimate must by no means be regarded as depending on external success but the success is here closely connected with the depth and completeness of the preliminary perceptions to find superficial resemblances is easy it is amusing in society and witty thoughts soon procure for their author the name of a clever man among the great number of such ideas there must be some which are ultimately found to be partially or wholly correct it would be a stroke of skill always to guess falsely in such a happy chance a man can loudly claim his priority for the discovery if otherwise a lucky oblivion conceals the false conclusions the adherents of such a process are glad to certify the value of a first thought conscientious workers who are shy at bringing their thoughts before the public before they have tested them in all directions solved all doubts and have firmly established the proof these are at a decided disadvantage to settle the present kind of questions of priority only by the date of their first publication and without considering the ripeness of the research has seriously favored this mischief in the type case of the printer all the wisdom of the world is contained which has been or can be discovered it is only requisite to know how the letters are to be arranged so also in the hundreds of books and pamphlets which are every year published about ether the structure of atoms the theory of perception as well as on the nature of the ascetic fever and carcinoma all the most refined shades of possible hypotheses are exhausted and among these there must necessarily be many fragments of the correct theory but who knows how to find them i insist upon this in order to make clear to you that all this literature of untried and unconfirmed hypotheses has no value in the progress of science on the contrary the few sound ideas which they may contain are concealed by the rubbish of the rest and one who wants to publish something really new facts sees himself open to the danger of countless claims of priority unless he is prepared to waste time and power in reading beforehand a quantity of absolutely useless books 
and to destroy his reader's patience by a multitude of useless quotations our generation has had to suffer under the tyranny of spiritualistic metaphysics the newer generation will probably have to guard against that of the materialistic hypotheses kant's rejection of the claims of pure thought has gradually made some impression but kant allowed one way of escape it was as clear to him as to socrates that all metaphysical systems which up to that time had been propounded were tissues of false conclusions his critique der reinen vernunft is a continual sermon against the use of the category of thought beyond the limits of possible experience the geometry seemed to him to do something which metaphysics was striving after and hence geometrical axioms which he looked upon as a priori principles antecedent to all experience he held to be given by transcendental intuition or as the inherent form of all external intuition since that time pure a priori intuition has been the anchoring ground of metaphysicians it is even more convenient than pure thought because everything can be heaped on it without going into chains of reasoning which might be capable of proof or of refutation the nativistic theory of perception of the senses is the expression of this theory in physiology all mathematicians united to fight against any attempt to resolve the intuitions into their natural elements whether the so-called pure or the empirical the axioms of geometry the principles of mechanics or the perceptions of vision for this reason therefore the mathematical investigations of lobachevsky gauss and Riemann on the alterations which are logically possible in the axioms of geometry and the proof that the axioms are principles which are to be confirmed or perhaps even refuted by experience and can accordingly be acquired from experience these i consider to be very important steps that all metaphysical sects get into a rage about this must not lead you astray for these investigations lay the axe at the basis of apparently the firmest supports which their claims still possess against those investigators who endeavor to eliminate from among the perceptions of the senses whatever there may be of the actions of memory and of the repetition of similar impressions which occur in memory whatever in short is a matter of experience against them it is attempted to raise a party cry that they are spiritualists as if memory experience and custom were not also facts whose laws are to be sought and which are not to be explained away because they cannot be glibly referred to reflex actions and to the complex of the prolongation of ganglionic cells and of the connection of nerve fibres in the brain indeed however self-evident and however important the principle may appear to be that natural science has to seek for the laws of facts this principle is nevertheless often forgotten in recognizing the law found as a force which rules the processes in nature we conceive it objectively as a force and such a reference of individual cases to a force which under given conditions produces a definite result that we designate as a causal explanation of phenomena we cannot always refer to the forces of atoms we speak of a refractive force of electromotive and of electrodynamic force but do not forget the given conditions and the given result if these cannot be given the explanation attempted is merely a modest confession of ignorance and then it is decidedly better to confess this openly if any process in vegetation is referred to forces in the cells 
without a closer definition of the conditions among which and of the direction in which they work this can at most assert that the more remote parts of the organism are without influence but it would be difficult to confirm this with certainty in more than a few cases in like manner the originally definite sense which johannes muller gave to the idea of reflex action is gradually evaporated into this that when an impression has been made on any part of the nervous system and an action occurs in any other part this is supposed to have been explained by saying that it is a reflex action much may be imposed upon the irresolvable complexity of the nerve fibres of the brain but the resemblance to the qualities occulta of ancient medicine is very suspicious from the entire chain of my argument it follows that what i have said against metaphysics is not intended against philosophy but metaphysicians have always tried to plume themselves on being philosophers and philosophical amateurs have mostly taken an interest in the high-flying speculations of the metaphysicians by which they hope in a short time and at no great trouble to learn the whole of what is worth knowing on another occasion i compared the relationship of metaphysics to philosophy with that of astrology to astronomy the former had the most exciting interest for the public at large and especially for the fashionable world and turned its alleged connoisseurs into influential persons astronomy on the contrary although it had become the ideal of scientific research had to be content with a small number of quietly working disciples in like manner philosophy if it gives up metaphysics still possesses a wide and important field the knowledge of mental and spiritual processes and their laws just as the anatomist when he has reached the limits of microscopic vision must try to gain an insight into the action of his optical instrument in like manner every scientific inquirer must study minutely the chief instrument of his research as to its capabilities the groping of the medical schools for the last two thousand years is among other things an illustration of the harm of erroneous views in this respect and the physician the statesman the jurist the clergyman and the teacher ought to be able to build upon a knowledge of physical processes if they wish to acquire a true scientific basis for their practical activity but the true science of philosophy has had perhaps to suffer more from the evil mental habits and the false ideals of metaphysics than even medicine itself one word of warning i should not like you to think that my statements are influenced by personal irritation i need not explain that one who has such opinions as i have laid before you who impresses on his pupils whenever he can the principle that a metaphysical conclusion is either a false conclusion or a concealed experimental conclusion that he is not exactly beloved by the votaries of metaphysics or of intuitive conceptions metaphysicians like all those who cannot give any decisive reasons to their opponents are usually not very polite in their controversy one's own success may approximately be estimated from the increasing want of politeness in the replies my own researches have led me more than other disciples of the school of natural science into controversial regions and the expressions of metaphysical discontent have perhaps concerned me even more than my friends as many of you are doubtless aware in order therefore to leave my own personal opinions quite on one side i have allowed two unsuspecting warrantors to speak for me socrates and kant both of whom 
were certain that all metaphysical systems established up to their time were full of empty false conclusions and who guarded themselves against adding any new ones in order to show that the matter has not changed either in the last two thousand years or in the last one hundred years let me conclude with a sentence of one who was unfortunately too soon taken away from us frederick albert lang the author of the history of materialism in his posthumous logical studies which he wrote in anticipation of his approaching end he gives the following picture which struck me because it would hold just as well in reference to solidar or humoral pathologists or any other of the old dogmatic schools of medicine lang says the hegelian ascribes to the habartian a less perfect knowledge than to himself and conversely but neither hesitates to consider the knowledge of the other to be higher compared with that of the empiricist and to recognize in it at any rate an approximation to the only true knowledge it is seen also that here no regard is paid to the validity of the proof and that a mere statement in the form of a deduction from the entirety of the system is recognized as apodictic knowledge let us then throw no stones at our old medical predecessors who in dark ages and with but slight preliminary knowledge fell into precisely the same errors as the great intelligences of what wishes to be thought the illuminated nineteenth century they did no worse than their predecessors except that the nonsense of their method was more prominent in the matter of natural sciences let us work on in this work of true intelligence physicians are called upon to play a prominent part among those who are continually called upon actively to preserve and apply their knowledge of nature you are those who begin with the best mental preparation and are acquainted with the most varied regions of natural phenomena in order finally to conclude our consultation on the condition of dame medicine correctly with the epicresis i think we have every reason to be content with the success of the treatment which the school of natural science has applied and we can only recommend the younger generation to continue the same therapeutics end of section fifteen